Welcome to Talking Element. This is probably almost the last ones we're going to do for the Never Read a Bible Verse series. And I thought we were kind of done. And then on Sunday morning, I was talking to Russ. And Russ came up and kind of said a couple things to me. And I was like, that'd be a great Talking Element. So <laughs> Russ, just say who you are. You've been on this before, but say right. who you are again. Yeah, I'm Russ here, And I'm part of one of the GCs here. And uh, appreciate the series because I occasionally run in things into the Bible and uh, reading them, it's like, gee, it can't possibly mean what I think it's saying. Mm -hmm. And so it really helps to have some of particularly the historical context mm -hmm. and all they were talking to. And by trade, what do you do? I'm retired now, but I was a, an engineer out at Vandenberg, uh, worked on several different rocket systems, launching mm -hmm. rockets for 39 years. Now, I just, I just love that because sometimes people think, you know, if I'm an engineer, or I this, well, I, I can never have faith and follow Jesus, you know, and, and yet there are people like you who, who have done these like jobs where you work on rockets and yet it leads you to faith, the, the majesty of kind of what God does. Well, looking at how things interact and, and how things are designed, I mean, I cannot look at what's around us here on this earth and not think that there was a huge, brilliant master plan behind it because things trying to interact on their own really go south in a hurry. The world that we live in would, would not be like this if there wasn't a master designer behind it that really knew what he was yeah. doing. Yeah. So you come up to me on Sunday morning and you were just saying how you appreciated the series because one of the very first talking elements that we did in this series and one of the things that someone was asking me, and I said, so you got to start with what it doesn't mean. Exactly and right. So and we I, know who God is, so what do we know this doesn't mean? Then move the direction it does. So you come into 1 okay. John. So it was 1 John, the, the, the first verse that was a bit of an issue was 3, 6, which says, No one who abides in him sins, mm -hmm. and no one who sins has seen him or knows him. Mm -hmm. and then you go a little bit further down uh, to verse 9, where it says, No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Well, you know, I profess to be a Christian. I love Jesus, he's in my heart, and I sin on a daily basis. So when you look at that, it says like, well, golly gee, I mean. Part of what you need to do is we, we have to take the whole book in context, right? So go back to 1 John uh, chapter 1 and start in verse 8 and just kind of read from there. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now go into chapter 2 and keep going. Okay. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See, so that's, that's the beauty of that, where you get to a place where John is saying, oh, you shouldn't sin anymore, but you have to go back and realize John is actually talking about we do sin. Because he will say even right there, you know, we don't want to, but when we do, we have an advocate with the Father, that we have a lawyer, basically, who stands on our side and says, all that they deserved, I have taken upon myself. It's not that God is unjust in condemning our sin. It's that he is completely just, and Jesus paid for everything that our sins require. 
Now, part of one of the things about understanding when John is writing here is John is writing most likely to a group of churches and not just one individual. Some people think he's writing to the area of churches in the book of Revelation, like he's write, writing to them, you know, encouraging them. And there's a really big thing taking place at this point that went on for a while called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism were people who believed that the material, the, the flesh meant nothing. And that everything that really mattered was your mind, your intellect, your spirit. They even started to teach that Jesus was a lesser version of God because he became flesh. He did something evil by becoming flesh. And they said, no matter what you do with your body, it doesn't matter. Ooh. You can do anything you want to do and none of it's sin because the flesh means nothing. All that matters is what goes on in here. And so you see as John starts writing with this, John is saying, no, we shouldn't want these things. We shouldn't step into this because flesh and spirit both matter. And when you have the, the whole background of kind of what that looks like, some of his words will start to make a little more sense. John doesn't, John doesn't start there. Right. And, John and, and starts I did back read with, all this confess your sins. You know? Right. And, and, and that all makes perfect sense yeah. and all, but then you get to that uh -huh. and... It just seemed rather harsh. Right, to me. right. Well, harsh of you'll never sin again, and that's that is not what John is actually saying. Right. There. Well, it's it, it, kind of where I was at was because I've accepted Christ and asked Him to forgive me of my sins. Mm -hmm. All that's going away, and yep. I'm not going to have an issue with that. And right. I can tell you, even if you look at my thoughts, <laughs> which you can't, I, I sin at least on an hourly basis. Yeah, you know, yeah. thinking something I shouldn't or whatever. So it's like, ooh, boy, maybe. Yeah, you know, I you know I I know that's not what it's all about, but it sure right. sounds and, like that. Know, and and there is a thing where we should be a people who want to begin to walk away from our sins, right? We we don't want to do these things anymore. And kind of one of the things that that John is saying throughout that book is sometimes people use their forgiveness as an excuse. You know, mm -hmm. oh, all my sins are paid for, past, present, and future. Totally true, right? At the cross, they're done. And yet, saying that, sometimes people are like, so it doesn't really matter, I can just get away with that. The Gnostics, you know, they took the whole opposite tact of your flesh doesn't matter, do whatever you want with it. You know, when Paul's in Corinth, connecting your life to a temple prostitute, well, what does it matter? It's flesh, flesh doesn't matter. What matters is inside, your spirit. Do you have the secret knowledge that sits inside your brain that only I can give, it's, it's really crazy stuff. And so he's combating these things and moving specifically to that place to talk about we, we don't sin in the same regard as everybody else does. You know, we, we are forgiven. There is a grace that covers us and God does not see our sins because they've been placed upon Christ. That doesn't mean that God doesn't come and grow us and calls to walk away from that. It sets up who is our advocate with the Father. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And he just keeps moving on from there. So it kind of, it all just, it all does go together. And when we look at it from a Western perspective of, well, he said, we don't sin anymore. It's, it, it's like, that is not something that, that John would have actually said in the way that we understand it. John, you know, throughout the book, you'll see that, that he's making a difference versus how God loves versus how we love of light and darkness, of truth and grace. There's all these dichotomies he keeps going back for back and forwards through. And part of that is loving God first and then where our sins come in and are we willing to call them what they are or do we act like they are nothing and where is our hearts actually drawn towards? I, I kind of knew deep down that it, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't mean exactly what it said, but it's just like, 
why and not knowing well, anything about Gnostics or, yeah. or or that. I mean, I always know that everything in the Bible here is here for a reason, and, right, and it's right. all meant to to grow us to yeah. a certain spot. And it's it's sometimes always just don't understand how. I, I, lo I love when you go you go. It doesn't mean exactly what it says. Well, it does mean exactly what it says, but it means exactly what John meant it to say. You're right. And I not, mean, how, not yeah, what I was not, taking Not, not it how to we mean. want to take it right. to mean. Anyway, I really appreciate the, that. I, and, and maybe like you say, a Western mindset. I, I tend to take each piece yep. and look at it. And when I, I run into something, and, and I have tried because of the series of, mm -hmm. okay, what came before, what's right. coming after it, I don't, I'm not great on the historical background, which is one thing I really appreciate that you do, because history means a lot to me, yeah. and history does mean a lot for to me in the way this was written, so um, it, it helps understand what was going on. An interesting thing about the scriptures, too, and I was explaining this to somebody just, just the other week when they were asking about a certain thing that seemed like it was out of context and I and I said you have to understand when you know when we as Western people read the Bible we have these chapters and verse breaks right but those aren't in there it's you know we have periods well classical Greek wasn't written with punctuation the the wording would tell you where the punctuation was supposed to go and when and so when we take verses and these words we're always like oh and we we see them in our heads as individual thoughts because and and that's probably one of the worst thing that verse breaks do is we automatically see those as different thoughts because it has different numbers on it when it wasn't written like that. I think it's great because it helps us to find, to have the address of, to know where to look and it's wonderful. But sometimes because of how we are so linear and how we read things, we get it out of context that way. Cause it's like, oh, I like this. <laughs> verse 20. Yes, <laughs> when it would have been like, what, what? There's a there's a whole two paragraphs that come before that. What are we doing? All right, verse nine. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, oh, you will not sin. Well, it just said it right there, even though you know. No, no, but yeah, I took it as you will not sin, but I do. So yeah, yeah. where have I honked this completely up? <laughs> yeah. Where? How do how do I get here? Where, where then you go back like you know two chapters earlier and he says when you sin we have an advocate with the father so again it all, it all coming together in context of what it actually pertains to and stuff so. because of this series when i was reading that instead of just kind of glancing over it was like hmm yeah, yeah. well it's good because then it makes you read more stuff and see it in context and jumping back and then moving into it and then see where he goes after it as well uh, so thanks for watching. If you have any questions, go ahead and send them to questions at rElement.org. We'd be more than happy to answer them if you still have any. And we're going to head on to the next series now on prayer.